0: I think it's really critical to be adventurous and be willing to try things and see what you like and see what you don't like.
1: morning to everybody listening. Today my guest is Beth Combs and she is a certified aromatherapist as well as a yoga instructor since 2019. Is there anything else you want to add to the introduction Beth?
0: I just, um, I'm really excited to chat with you today and chat with your audience. Self-care is just something that's really near and dear to my heart. And I feel like it's really important and critical for everyone to take time to care for themselves. So I'm excited to have this conversation.
1: Awesome. Now you've been practicing yoga for approximately 10 years, correct? Yes. And what drew you to yoga or what circumstances attracted you to yoga so i it was let's see
0: yeah so it's been over over 10 years now and i was working i still work actually for the national park service and i was living in a pretty remote area of death valley national park and Finally got my first permanent gig. And I had heard about yoga for a long time um, to help deal with stress management. And I finally like went to Target, bought a yoga mat, and found a like morning and evening yoga practice DVD from Gaiam. And I just started practicing at home because that was the only option I had, living literally like two or three hours from the nearest grocery store. And you know the first time I was like, "This is kind of crazy. the things that I am doing with my body, but probably by the second or third session, I really did start to notice just kind of a slowing down of of my stress response and and just feeling really good. I think there's a t- shirt out there somewhere that says, "I'm here for the shavasana," which is the corpse pose at the end <laughs> so i really I definitely can relate to that shirt and so like i said i've lived in some pretty remote areas i've mostly done yoga just on my own i have been fortunate some places have had yoga instructors as part of the community and so um, when i moved up to yellowstone that was actually something i could take advantage of a little bit more and then pretty much the I think the biggest catalyst for really making a regular daily yoga practice was my dad passed away unexpectedly about three years ago. It was very sudden and trying to handle the grief and trying to process everything that was coming up. Yoga was my lifeline and it was so powerful to use that modality to really process what was going on you know, some days you just wake up and you're just like, you feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest and you just don't know how to process that. You know, you just walk around feeling really heavy. And and I love yoga because it's a gentle way to move the body. And I feel like for myself, I struggle sometimes. I don't cry very easily. Sometimes I have issues trying to express myself emotionally. And I feel like It can get stuck in our bodies when we're not able to process that effectively. Yeah, exactly. And so yoga has really helped me to do that. And I think through that process is when I decided that it had been so helpful for me to use yoga pretty much daily that I really wanted to become a teacher so that I could share that with others. And especially living in, again, living in remote areas. So now I live at the Grand Canyon and they don't, they didn't have an instructor when I got there. And so it's been really nice to be able to support my community in that way. And especially just the stress and the overwhelm that people are experiencing, especially with COVID right now, it's just been, a. I just feel like it's totally a blessing to be able to offer that service to other people.
1: How challenging was it uh, for you in the beginning to actually make it part of your routine, and how did you really instill that in yourself?
0: You know, it's taken a long time, and it pretty much was just giving myself permission to do the things that bring me joy. So I feel like most of my life, I've really been a go-getter and been somebody who's really achievement-focused, and has struggled with just the idea of play and just enjoying life for the sake of enjoying it and not necessarily having to be productive all the time. But I think as I've kind of opened myself up to show myself a little bit more self-compassion, it's been a little bit easier to allow those things into my life that are bringing me joy, bringing me increased bandwidth, so that I can really be present in my life on a regular basis and since I know that yoga is one of those things that does that you know I do try to get up a little bit earlier each morning to make sure that I'm able to make that practice but I I feel like you know yoga so the you know the kind of the translation of yoga is to yoke the body the mind and the spirit all together and I find for me that doing some kind of practice in the morning before I really start my day really helps to set me up for success. So I've just made a point of trying to make sure that I I make time for that in my day because it's important to me. You know, we all choose how we spend our time and our days, even when it feels like we don't. And I totally understand that feeling because I go through <laughs> through it pretty regularly. But, you know, I make the choice for myself when I choose to step onto my mat. And yoga, it doesn't necessarily mean a full hour-long practice. I usually do about 20 minutes in the morning if I can. Some mornings are more hectic than others. And sometimes it's three or five sun salutations and that's all I'm able to fit in. And that takes five minutes. And sometimes... It's sitting on my sofa and breathing. That's yoga too. You don't necessarily have to contort yourself into pretzels to, to do yoga. It's really just the act of taking time for yourself and connecting with your breath and your body.
1: And yeah, the last sentence just brought it all together. So you're not making a commitment so much to yoga as you're making a commitment to yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's that's the piece I've struggled with for a long time is that I am worthy of self-care. And I feel like I need to like carve that in the wall, you know, <laughs> or put it up in the bathroom because it's just something that I have to remind myself of regularly. I feel like sometimes I've really struggled with self-worth and and so it's been hard to make that commitment, but I think re- when I recognize the worth of myself is when I'm more able to make the capacity to to do those things that, that help care for me the best I can.
1: And that's so, so important. Now, you're also a certified aromatherapist. How did that come about? So that actually was when
0: I graduated college, I joined the park service. I was moving around every 6 months, so I was moving to a new place, I was working a new job. So basically two of the like most stressful things that can ever happen in your life I was doing twice a year for about 4 years. And in high school and college I had struggled occasionally with acne, but my skin actually just like totally went crazy and erupted. I had cystic scarring acne it was very deep it was very painful it was very embarrassing and I was working with the public giving programs at all these parks and I would have visitors come up to me and like try to give me tips on how to clear up my skin and it was super like I knew they were trying they were coming from a good place but it was super embarrassing at the same time and so it's probably been about five years ago now I finally found a book Called Clean Skin from Within. Um, it's by Dr. Trevor Cates, and she had a whole program about doing an elimination diet, so you could really figure out like what foods could be triggering some of your body issues. And then she had some tips on using essential oils and carrier oils to kind of make your own natural care products. So the skin is the largest organ of our body, and right. I think I've heard we have the average woman uses 25 different personal care products every single day and a lot of those products that we buy at the drugstore have so many chemicals and actually really bad stuff in them parabens and fragrance or parfum and all these things are just they're basically toxins and are our regulations at least in the United States are not very strong at protecting people, protecting consumers and so I felt like I wanted to empower myself by creating my own personal care products and removing those toxins from my life and so I was able to kind of follow the protocol in the book. I was able to figure out that Gluten and dairy both tend to be issues for me. I had cut out one or the other previously, but never at the same time. And when I did both, is finally when I noticed results. And then just the making my own products, I just felt so empowered because I wasn't beholden to whatever product happened to be on the shelf at the drugstore. And I wasn't beholden to these companies that I really feel like they're out more for profits than looking out for people. And I just have been so blessed to have found essential oils and to have found aromatherapy. And then from that, you know, I make my own skincare products still. It's been a few years now and my skin cleared up and I feel much more confident. And I started learning about all the other essential oils that are out there and just all the other ways that oils can support us. So I just feel like, so essential oils are basically plant material that's distilled down into super concentrated material. And so I tend to recommend using essential oils with a carrier if you're going to apply it to your skin. So a carrier oil could be jojoba or sweet almond oil or coconut, even coconut oil, even the, I, I just basically use the coconut oil I buy, you know, at the store. Just because they are super concentrated. Some oils don't tend to be as irritating as others, but when you're using like a hot oil like black pepper or something, you're not gonna want to put that directly on your skin because you can actually cause skin damage. And that was one of the reasons I decided I want to get certified. I felt like there were there's a lot of companies out there that sell oils and they, you know, offer recipes and they tell people to ingest oils. And I just felt like I wanted to learn the science behind the oils so that I could help people use them effectively, but also safely. And so that's how I ended up getting my certification, which I finished this summer. And it's been really great to offer recipes to people. So I send emails out once a week with different recipes and talking about different oils. And And I feel like, like I said earlier, talking about yoga, because I've struggled with like Emotional release, I've actually found the oils to be really supportive and helpful in that regard as well. So they've helped me just as much with my stress management and my emotional processing as they have with
1: my skincare. Now as a r- aromatherapist, because you've got the science behind you, do you do consults with people one on one rather than just a blanket? you know you should do this and this is what will happen.
0: Yeah, I love working and that's kind of one of the things I really, from my own health journey, I've discovered that it's really important to understand the individual person and what their needs are. And so, yeah, I am um, definitely available to help people find, find what they most need, whether it's a skincare thing or they're dealing with stress or maybe they're dealing with body aches or arthritis, you know, whatever you might be challenged with, I feel like it's really critical to be able to support the individual person and what their needs are. So yes, I'm definitely available for
1: um, consultations. That's awesome because you find a lot of people that are involved with the aromatherapy don't really know the science behind it. Mm -hmm. So They'll just okay. This will help with everything. Yeah. And well, an example: the some of the essences that are supposed to help with sleep, like lavender. Mm-hmm. My husband and I can't do that because it actually it gives us a queasy feeling. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, "Well, no, that doesn't work. That's a, that, no, there's something in your head that it works for everybody." <laughs> and it's like no it doesn't (laughs) so yeah it's it's very interesting to see some of the people selling the oils that just want to blanket everybody and paint everybody with the same brush without knowing the science or the issues
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I learned from my program is the, it's called a GCMS report, and each oil company should be getting those reports from the distillers that are making the oils, and it actually breaks the chemical components down for each bottle, and you can actually compare one batch to the next, and sometimes you'll notice that those chemical components vary, because plants are growing in nature, and natural you know, forces can actually force a plant to, to produce, you know, a certain type of blend versus another one, one time to another. Like, I think I remember getting an email last year, or the year before, because some of the rock roses that were coming from Spain, they'd had like a horrible drought and the, the crop was just not going to be as prolific as it had been in the past. And so it's interesting to kind of do those comparisons. And I think that's the thing too, we get In our modern society, I feel like we get really pulled away from nature and the natural world, and I feel like because oils come directly from nature, it kind of helps stabilize us and kind of bring us back to that natural connection a little bit more, too.
1: Now, do you make any of your own oils
0: or? I do not make my own essential oils. I make my own blends. So the company that I Buy my oils from is called aromatics international and they're actually based up in montana and it's not a membership program like some of the other oil companies if you want one bottle of lavender you can buy one bottle of lavender and that's fine they actually make they make their own lavender that they grow on site which i actually love it doesn't have Sometimes I feel like the lavender that I get from Bulgaria it has like this bitter kind of after finish to it, and this is a lot smoother. I really love it, but yeah, they work mostly with small growers it's mostly organic oils, so I just feel like the ethics are really there, and then they provide the GCMs reports um, as well, so you can really see like what you're getting in
1: each bottle so it's it's almost like each growing area has different components to it
0: yeah and i think that has everything to do with what kind of soil the plant is growing in you know what are the rocks that are around there and then just like what are the what's the climate that happens to be affecting how the plant is growing you know i think anybody who gardens or anything like that totally understands the idea that like you know the weather and everything can really affect how your crops grow from year to year so you know it kind of it causes the oils to vary a little bit because they're natural components and that's you know that's what happens when you grow out in out in the real world
1: (laughs) i i love that you brought that up because a lot of the times when you're buying essential oils people don't differentiate between where they're grown or the company they buy from, or it's just this oil, I'm looking for a lavender oil, it doesn't matter. And they'll go for either the name they know or the cheapest blend, or if you're looking for essential oils, what are some of the components you should be looking for or asking the person selling them? So, Um, I would
0: definitely say you want a GCMS report and I can't guarantee that the ones they sell in the drugstores, like maybe you could go online and look those up, but I'm not completely sure. If they don't provide them, I think that's a clue that, you know, they're not willing to show you what components are actually in that bottle. And I feel like that's always a red flag for me. And then if you've already got a bottle of oil or sometimes, I mean, with COVID, they probably don't have samples out available, but another really good test to see if your oil is adulterated because that's one way that they'll cheapen the cost of the oil is they'll put like maybe a little bit of the real oil but then they'll just like add some other components to like kind of make it smell similar you can actually drop the oil on a piece of paper and if it's a clean essential oil it won't actually leave anything once it um, evaporates but if you've got an adulterated oil it'll actually leave like a stain on the paper So, that's a great way if you've got bottles at home and you're interested in figuring out if they're quality or not. um, That's a great little test you can do on your own to to figure out what what kind of quality of oil you're working with. And I do feel like it is one of those things where to get quality oils, you do need to, you know, you will probably have to pay a little bit more than what the drugstore is going to charge. But the flip side of that is, you know, you're working with something pure. Which is really critical, especially if you're going to apply it to your skin and also just knowing that you'll probably get more bang for your buck. So it's going to be more effective because it's that much more concentrated of of an oil.
1: And if it's that much more concentrated, it's going to last longer as well, correct?
0: Yeah, you wouldn't need to use as much of it. You know, you could use less drops of it in whatever blend you're you're making because, you know, the scent is there and the the components are there. Yep, that kind of thing.
1: Now, is there a starter oil that you could recommend for somebody who's feeling really stressed right now and just needs to relax a little bit and, and be able to get their thoughts together? So
0: (laughs) I was, I'm laughing because you you had mentioned how you have a hard time with lavender. That is one of the ones (laughs) that we usually recommend, mostly because of the components that are in it. It's got a little lull that's, that's really soothing, but some of the others. So let's see, I made a whole, a few different lists of, of oil blends to try for different things. So for sleep, I have a blend I do of lavender, clary sage, and cedar wood. So you could just take the lavender out if that's not. I know some people don't like the smell of lavender either. Like it's irritating to some people. So you can always just disregard that. And then another great blend for anxiety, if you're feeling really like wound up, basil, geranium, and lavender. So again, you could just take the lavender out if you didn't like it or it didn't work. So yeah, I really like cedarwood a lot. Some people don't like it. It's kind of earthy. It's kind of definitely closer to what we would call a base oil. Another great grounding one that I like is vetiver. And that one's a pretty strong smell. It actually comes from roots, the roots of the plant. It kind of smells a little bit like dirt, but I really like it a lot. So i just think it's interesting as you learn about like what plant parts are being used to make the oils it really helps figure out and actually part of my certification was different oils for different chakras and so recognizing like which oils and so a root chakra is your ba- you know your base of your tailbone or your base of your spine and so sometimes if i feel like i'm floating a little too much and i need to get like into my body once again I'll actually just, like, make a little rollerball blend with some vetiver and some other grounding oils and actually apply it to my tailbone. So directly to wherever your chakra happens to be that you want to work with. Um,
1: And do you ever combine your yoga with the aromatherapy? I do for my personal practice.
0: So my favorite, some of my favorite ways to use oils, I really like my diffuser. And if you don't have a diffuser, you can also just use even like a cotton ball with some oils on it throughout your day, just kind of sniff from the cotton ball. There's also there's companies that make these little clay balls. And so I have some in a bowl and sometimes I'll just drop the oils directly on on the balls. And then the smell kind of comes up throughout the day as I walk by and that kind of thing. So my diffuser is probably my favorite. And it also, you know, if you're using a diffuser, you don't need a carrier oil. You can just put the oils straight into the diffuser with your water and so that's my favorite way and i like it you know there's a lot of like those plug-in scent things that people use in their houses those things are super toxic they have a lot of bad chemicals in them and it's a lot of fake fragrance so especially this time of year you know people want like warm pumpkin-y smells and like (laughs) apple spice and you can make that with essential oils. You can make those blends, you know, essential oils, because they're pure, you're just not getting exposed to all those other toxic chemicals at the same time. And you can set it like my diffuser, I can do an intermittent spray every 30 seconds for up to 12 hours, or I can just do a continuous spray for six hours or however long I want to keep it on for. And so that really just kind of allows the scent to kind of be throughout the my apartment here. I'm doing a temporary detail up in Utah. It's pretty tiny, so <laughs> I can run the diffuser and pretty much smell it anywhere. So you have to, depending on where you want to put your diffuser, you kind of have to decide what size room the diffuser works in. And a lot of them will tell you like square footage wise, like what it will cover. But I've just, I mean, I've heard amazing stories I have a friend from college she was having issues with mold in her house she was diffusing in her kids bedroom and when they went to do all the testing on how far the mold had gotten in the house there was actually nothing showing up in the kids bedroom and she was like really scared that the mold had gotten into the kids room and and it didn't and she's like the only thing I did different was I was diffusing oils every single night and I know for me personally like I don't get sick. You know, like I I literally can't remember the last time I got cold and I've been diffusing pretty consistently for a couple of years now. So, you know, obviously these statements are not, you know, approved by the FDA, but, <laughs> but they're also personal experiences that we, that like real people that either I or people I know have had using oils. And so I just feel like they just support us in such a nourishing and gentle way they support our bodies they support our immune system they support our minds
1: and it's just a lovely a lovely thing from nature to be able to work with and is there a favorite scent that you have for when you're doing your yoga
0: so it kind of just depends if i am having a little trouble breathing i'll do a eucalyptus and lavender blend eucalyptus i love for clearing the air if you've got any kind of stagnant smell in your house like you waited too long to take the garbage out of your kitchen or whatever (laughs) it's just like it just cuts through stuff and I will I will say especially with children who have asthma uh, you might need to try that on a smaller scale first it can actually help people with asthma but it has been known to also trigger asthma in, in small children so just an FYI on that but it's also been known to help children with asthma. So you kind of have to, again, going back to that individual response, you kind of need to test that out. And that's the other thing. There's certain oils that like pets don't necessarily like. So I just recommend that people, because I'm not trained to use oils with pets, but I think the general rule of thumb is as long as the pet can get out of the room where the diffuser is running, if they don't like it, then that allows them to get away from the scent. You don't want to lock them in a room with the diffuser necessarily running just so that they can protect themselves in that way. Yeah. So eucalyptus and lavender, or I really like, I really like the grounding oils. So cedarwood, clary sage. I love when I'm feeling a little stuck and making a decision, clary sage is beautiful for that. And then another one, a nice blend for emotional release is bergamot, ylang-ylang, and lavender. So bergamot is actually, it's a citrus and it's probably one of the more what's called phototoxic oils. So it can cause your skin to burn if you apply it to your skin and then get exposed to sunlight within 18 hours. So, I tend to use it more in an inhaler or diffuser, like things that don't involve me applying it to my skin. Right. Um, if you use it in a really small concentration, you're fine. But I just feel like it's safer. <laughs> it's safer for me because I'll just forget or lose track when I'm making some of my own personal blends. So, I prefer to use bergamot in, in a diffuser setting. Okay. Now, do
1: you have any final words of wisdom to our listeners today?
0: I think the biggest takeaway, you know, a lot of times I even get hard on myself with, oh my God, I didn't do my yoga and my aromatherapy and my meditation and my tapping. Like, you know, (laughs) there's all these modalities (laughs) out there for us to take care of ourselves. So number one, I think try different things and see what you like especially with your audience you know they're kind of coming into a new time in their lives where they're kind of rediscovering themselves and i think it's really critical to be adventurous and be willing to try things and see what you like and see what you don't like and so try out different modalities you know tai chi might work better for you than yoga or like yesterday morning instead of doing my yoga I hit shuffle on my phone and I just danced to three random songs that came up, you know, like find what brings you joy and try to do that on a consistent basis. And when you don't do it on a consistent basis, don't beat yourself up about it. It totally defeats the purpose of self-care if you're always like ragging on yourself because you didn't, you know, you weren't able to do the yoga you wanted to, or you weren't able to, do your aromatherapy or your meditation or whatever. It's, it's more, can you just do a little something every single day to help care for yourself? So that could even be like, I love my Fitbit watch has this relax setting on it. And so if I don't have time for like a 10 minute meditation, can I just do the breathing exercise for two minutes? And so a lot of times I will do that when I get to work first thing in the morning. And then I'll do it again when I get home. And it really helps with my transition into those spaces. And that literally, you know, if I do that twice a day, that's four minutes, you know. And I think, yeah, it's just giving yourself, showing yourself some self compassion. And that means doing a practice that supports you, but it also means not getting hard on yourself when you're not able to do it. And every day and every hour of the day is a chance to make a choice for your life and you can
1: always make a different decision. Those are awesome words of wisdom. (laughs) And I think too often we're too hard on ourselves because we've set our mind on one modality and when it's not working, we almost think of it as a failure or something we didn't do. Right. Okay. Well, I'm wishing everybody a great holiday weekend. And I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Talk soon.